Good morning, Lydia House. Glad you're here. Or you're there, whether you're here or there, where two or three are gathered, the Lord is with us. So we thank you, Father, that you are with your people today. We think of those who are gathering to worship all around the world. Two or three here, two or three there. Countries around the world, countries and names of which we don't even know. We thank you that you have your people everywhere. We thank you that we are here, that you've provided this place, this barn, for us to worship in. We're glad to be here. We look to you today as our Father. On this Father's Day, you are the greatest Father of all. We love and we honor you, our Father. You've taught us to say our Father, and so we gather with our friends and family to worship you, to sing your praises. So let's celebrate the Lord today. Amen. This is a house of worship. This is a place of praise. Where every demon trembles. Where we proclaim your name. This is a house of healing. Our hearts are full of faith. You have our full attention. You have the final say. Come alive. In the name of Jesus, come alive. In the name of Jesus, this is a house of miracles. We bring everything to the feet of Jesus. Everything in the name of Jesus, this is a house of miracles. There's resurrection power. Your blood runs through our veins. Your kingdom triumphs over even the coldest grave. Come alive. In the name of Jesus, come alive. In the name of Jesus, this is a house of miracles. We bring everything to the feet of Jesus. Everything in the name of Jesus, this is a house of miracles. Come alive. In the name of Jesus, come alive. 
In the name of Jesus, this is the house of miracles. We bring everything to the feet of Jesus. Everything in the name of Jesus, this is the house of miracles. I still believe your move. I still believe your speaking. God, I believe your working, all things for good. I fix my eyes on heaven. God, I receive your vision. I still believe your working, all things for good. I still believe your moving. I still believe your speaking. God, I believe your working. All things for good. I fix my eyes on heaven. God, I receive your vision. I still believe your working. All things for good. Come alive in the name of Jesus. Come alive in the name of Jesus. This is a house of miracles everything to the feet of Jesus. Everything in the name of Jesus. This is a house of miracles. We sing, come alive in the name of Jesus. Come alive in the name of Jesus. This is a house of miracles. We bring everything to the feet of Jesus, everything in the name of Jesus. This is a house of miracles. Jesus, come alive 
In the name of Jesus, this is a house of miracles. We bring everything to the feet of Jesus. Everything in the name of Jesus. This is a house of miracles. Just a few announcements. There are several ways of giving. You see a box in the back, a very nice box, and you can give that way. You can give online. You can also let us know if you're online. Let us know who you are. We'd like to get acquainted with you. If you're new here, we'd like to meet you. We're looking for volunteers. I volunteer to be a tech guy, but I'm not very techy. So if you happen to be that, we can use uh, tech help. Next week, we do 1 Corinthians 14, 26. Who knows what that is? Who knows what it is to have a 1 Corinthians 14, 26 service? Chaos. That means, <laughs> that means we open it up. And instead of you coming to listen to somebody preach, you come to share what God is giving you. So if you have a testimony, uh, next week would be a good time to bring it. Uh, we, uh, we did it last month, and we filled the whole time plus then some. We had a wonderful time. So we'll do that again in a week. So... Let's have some prayer. Let's think of those who need prayer for healing. I know one person who does. He doesn't have good, a voice. Good morning. And it's been... Uh, <laughs> I, I got laryngitis on Monday, and it's still hanging on for some reason. So I apologize for having no voice, but hello. And thank you to Paul for receiving a call on Thursday that said, I have no voice, can you preach on Sunday? That's pretty last minute for us, so thank you to Paul, and thank you to CJ for helping with last minute stuff, and Blake and Steph for jumping in to lead. You don't plan for losing your voice. No. At least I didn't. Yeah. So this isn't normal for me either, so I don't know. Put your hand but, out this way. And let's bless. Kids, you put your hand on Dad. And let's believe that a loving, kind Father wants to do what the Word says He does. Jesus believed it and healed the sick. Jesus sent out His disciples to heal the sick, and so we're His disciples. And so, Father, we bless our brother. We bless Pastor Nate. We thank you for him. We thank you for his leadership in this church and in the community. We thank you for uh, setting him forth to be what he's called to be. And he needs a voice, God. And so we pray for healing. We speak healing 
back into his body, back into his throat, so that he can be what he's called to be and do what he's called to do. He's got to be a father, too, and you need a voice to be a dad. And so bless him with a voice. In Jesus' name, amen. And how are the kids doing? Anybody need healing? Anybody need help? Okay. How can we pray for you? Kaylee, can we can we pray? my stomach? Okay. Sister, brother, let's do it again here. Father, we thank you for Kaylee. We thank you for the gifts that you've given to her. She's not only a singer, but she's a songwriter. We thank you that you put many gifts into her. And she's learning an instrument now, too. We thank you that she's stepping out to give glory to you and to your son. And so we pray that you would keep her in good health. We, we speak healing into her. We speak health into her. Through her whole life, we pray that she would be healthy and strong throughout her whole yes. life in Jesus' name. Bring encouragement to her, Lord. Yes. May she see the healing coming. Mm-hmm. We look forward to that, Lord. And I believe, Lord, you are pouring down your love, and her heart is accepting that love. Yes. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I like the bow tie, young man. That's cool. Yeah, I was going to say, you have been skeptical cool. of a message from an angel lately. <laughs> 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 I wasn't going to share, but... I like to clarify. <laughs> uh, we will name him John. <laughs> While we're in praying mode here, any prayer needs, any healing needs? Yes. My thumb is still bothering me from this winter. And you need a thumb. You you've got to you got to have access to your all your fingers to do what you do. Okay, well let's bless Sarah's thumb here. Father, we thank you that you love Sarah. We thank you that you have gifted her in so many ways, and especially as a, a mother and a doctor. And so we bless this thumb. We speak healing to this thumb. Right now, heal, heal, heal. Nothing is too difficult for you, Lord. You've been singing about healing this morning. There's healing here. Yes. Yes. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We accept it. We rejoice in it. And we pray for the Johnston family in the days ahead to all experience Good health, good strength, intervene in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Margaret experiences pain in her back. Sometimes it's excruciating, and she just cries out because of the pain. So could you just help us now? Just reach your hand here. And Put your, yeah, you can come over too, and we're gonna we're gonna believe for her. Father, we're so grateful for Margaret. We're grateful for the legacy that she's passed to her children and her grandchildren. We thank you that she still walks it out. 
she prays daily. She prays for us, and she's a, uh, easy to live with. She's not grouchy at all. She's just happy to be alive and serving the Lord. And she's done it all her life. And so, Lord, we, we understand that this back is hard on her. Sometimes it's very hard on her. So we speak against that pain. We say, be gone in Jesus' name. Be gone. Pain, leave and do not come back. Back be healed. Back be healed in Jesus' name. Yes. Amen. And while you're up, I don't know if everybody knows you. I remember meeting you, I don't know when we met. Was it in Communitas? Yeah, Communitas years ago. Years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Blake can, and Steph brought us. Oh, cool. So can you um, introduce yourself? and, and the Shy guy? Yeah. yeah. So my name is Addison, and my wife Alicia and other son Beckett, they're not here today, but this is Teo. And uh, we're expecting, thank you, baby number three in July. First girl, Nova is her name, Nova Eden. Yeah, so we're super excited to finally see her out in the world. Um, but yeah, uh, right now, actually, Beckett's going through a little bit of a seasonal bug. So let's just pray for continued healing. Yeah, he's, he's kind of breaking it already, though. Fever has dropped and all that kind of fun stuff. So, But uh, yeah, yeah, life is... Life is amazing because God is always good. Yes, indeed. Mm -hmm. Good to have you with us. So we, we need to pray for healing for uh, which one? Beckett. 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 Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Karen. Yeah, we pray that you would break that fever, Lord. Yeah. Uh, you care for the little children. You say, come unto me. And uh, it's just a precious picture that uh, you give. To us that you are the one that cares for the little and big things. This is a big thing for a child. Take it away in Jesus' name. You have a is this one big? This is Dale. No, you have a wonderful one. smile. Another one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we love you. Yeah. <laughs> Great smile. <laughs> okay, we want to celebrate the Lord's Supper together. So, uh, let's just quiet our heart and prepare now uh, to receive from the Lord of his body and blood. And so, uh, in your heart, just acknowledge if there are areas that are out of adjustment, if you need any adjustments in your heart in your thinking, in your speaking. Go ahead and confess that to the Lord so that we can receive, the Bible says, in a worthy manner. Are we ever worthy? Well, we can be forgiven. And so we acknowledge this before you, Father, that sometimes our words are, are sharp or our thoughts are critical. And we confess the things in our heart that uh, separate us from you. And we don't want any separation. We want to receive your body and blood in a worthy manner as Paul invites us to. And so we acknowledge our need. We acknowledge our brokenness and ask you to bring healing even as we receive of your body and your blood. And we thank you for that. And so 
we say our Lord Jesus Christ in the night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying take and eat this is my body which is given for you do this in remembrance of me the same way also he took the cup when he had supped and when he had given thanks he gave it to them saying drink of it all of you this cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let us pray as he taught us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, the glory forever and ever. Amen. I invite Steve and Luann to come forward and they will be serving us. And so you come as you're ready to receive. Are you hurting and broken within? Yeah, let's stand. Let's stand. Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin. Yeah, you can stand. Jesus is calling. Receive here. Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Jesus is calling. Oh, come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. behind your regrets and mistakes come today there's no reason to wait Jesus is calling bring your sorrows and trade them for joy from the ashes a new life is born Jesus is calling Come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, come to the altar, the Father's arms are open Bought with the precious blood of Jesus. Oh, what a Savior! Isn't He wonderful? Sing hallelujah! Christ is risen. Bow down before. 
at your name, Jesus, Jesus. You make the darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus. You silence fear, Jesus, Jesus. You make the darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus. Breathe, call these bones to live, call these lungs to sing once again. I will praise Jesus, Jesus. You make the darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus. You silence fear, Jesus, Jesus. You make the darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus. Your name is the light that the shadows can't deny. The shadows can't deny your name cannot be overcome. Your name is alive, forever lifted high. Your name cannot be overcome. Your name is alive, and the shadows can't deny your name. Cannot be overcome. Your name is alive, forever lifted high. Your name cannot be overcome. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble, Jesus, 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 you make the darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear, Jesus, Jesus. Darkness 
strengthen you and keep your steadfast and the life of the Lord. Peace be with you. Amen. Is the power on? It was sort of on, but the light was not on. Okay. Am I on? Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Happy Father's Day. Yes, happy Father's Day. Happy Father's. I got a picture here I want to show you. Uh, it's hard to see, I know, but it's a picture of us singing at the Holy Spirit Conference, and I am showing it to you because I made a decision as a father that was not fully endorsed by the family that we would be singing at the Holy Spirit Conference, and uh, there was at least one who said, I don't want to do that, and I said, that's okay. I'm not asking you to want to do it. We're going to do it, but I'm not asking you whether you want to do it or not. And uh, so he's there. <laughs> there he is. And you know what? He, he is one of the strongest proponents now of music in the life of his family. And I'm sure that he, while he wasn't real happy as he was singing this song, uh, he's happy that we were a musical family. That's what a dad does. Happy Father's Day. I love seeing your family involved. 
And people might think that's natural for a pastor's family to be involved in the life of the church. It is not the most natural thing. In fact, there are many fathers who are very cautious about that, who are pastors. I spoke to one, you know him, and I said, you're a dad before you're a, uh, before you're a pastor. And I said, your kids are out there. Treat them as your kids when you're here. Don't treat them as part of the crowd because they're your children. You're a father first. He received that. I'll tell you later who it was. But uh, I'm blessed, aren't you, that Nate lets his kids be involved. And look what's coming out of it. Scripture, memory, love of music. And so uh, I did this because I was a dad and because that's the way I grew up. I want to share just a few things about my father. And as I do that, I would like any of you who would like to say something about your father to uh, get ready to share. And you can just stand here. And if I don't get a chance to give my message, that's okay. I'm going to give a message about God the Father, but I don't have to. If you guys want to take the time and share about your dad, I'm not asking people to share lengthy. I'll just share very briefly. I'm going to share what it means for me to be a dad. And uh, I had fun because I asked my kids. We had a seminar this weekend. We had a conference, and so I was just a part of it. And yesterday, they had a time for uh, three fathers. You know them. Greg Berglund and uh, Mike Smith and I were uh, up front with one of our sons. So Andrew was sitting next to me. And they asked us questions. And we responded to those. And so knowing that my kids were not going to all be there, I asked them to weigh in. Use this. Yours is spotty. OK. I asked them to share uh, things uh, with me. So I'll, uh, here's what the, Naomi, uh, what, here's Erica. Time spent together. Closer to the mic. No, no order of importance, but just forced time together. <laughs> See, it wasn't, I, I didn't give them a choice. 7 o'clock was 7 a.m. was time, and they were all there except for Karis, and uh, she was little. But when she came down, then we fought together who got to hold her. So, uh, and that was devotions, homeschool, worship, constantly telling us to put others first, whether in a gas station bathroom or our best friend's house, be aware of others' needs. That was Erica. Israel, working is fun and rewarding. We had the Saturday morning march. And that was a big thing every Saturday. We got pots and pans. After we, breakfast. After breakfast, we marched around. You remember, Naomi? We are marching. And uh, we made lots of noise. And we sang Onward Christian Soldiers as we marched around. And then we had the Saturday work party. And Gabriel and Israel both said, work is fun because they learn to do it together with us. Uh, remember who you are. That's what my dad told me, so they hear me saying that to them. Is this Israel now? This is Israel, leaving the place cleaner than you found it. Honor your elders. 
Here's Chorus. Here's Chorus. Always go low, be a servant, be generous. Family is important. And uh, here's Gabe, uh, Gabriel. Work hard, be generous, prioritize devotions, pull weeds, always put manure everywhere. <laughs> I had a reputation that is loving manure and, and uh, use it on gardens that I made and other people's gardens, so he added that. So uh, let me just say a thing about my dad, and then I want some of you to come up and talk about your dad. And I'll do mine, make mine short, so start uh, making your way up here. Uh, my father supported me. I have five sisters. Uh, I was the only boy. And uh, he came to my basketball games. He supported me in that way. He sometimes came to practice, which he was a busy man, busy father. But uh, so I felt loved. I felt uh, appreciated. I'm, I'm a pastor. He was a pastor. So he, didn't, he never said that. In fact, he said the opposite. He said, don't go into ministry unless you know you're called. So he didn't try to get me to be a pastor. But uh, the fact that I am one suggests the influence that he had on my life. So I'm, I'm thankful today for my dad. Who else would like to say a word? Anybody else want to say? Uh, I might as well, because I'm right here. OK. <laughs> About me, the dad, or your dad? I hope your dad. You're not my dad, so. Go ahead. Um, but I, I do say it's all true what Paul read. It, it, my, my kids all said that, and it's true. <laughs> he didn't make it up. <laughs> he didn't make it up. <laughs> yeah, and it's, uh, it's just interesting that uh, Gabriel was the one that uh, didn't want to stand up there. I'll just say that. I don't, care. I don't think he cares if I uh, give that away. And in fact, um, we were quite surprised that Gabriel uh, couldn't sing on key at first, and we thought, well, where did he come from? Because I, I, you know, grew up with the parents who are musical, and, and Paul did too. And so when we stood up, we did not let him have the mic. We, Gabriel, you stand right there. I'll hold the mic. You stand there. And, and, and he, we, we tried to not make it obvious. And we did work with him, and he did uh, improve. So uh, that was wonderful, and he's the one that just is really uh, adamant about having his, well, his wife plays the piano, and, and so his uh, children are, are taking lessons, etc. cetera. Um, but, Mom, um, I wanted to talk about Dad. This morning, my mom said, where is Phil? And I said, well, he's celebrating Father's Day in heaven. You're, you know, my dad. And this is the first year um, without him. We were talking about this. And uh, I was away from my dad when I was from 10 years old. My parents had to send me away. And you've heard this story before. It was a mission policy. Send your children to the boarding school. So we, we stayed there. But in the, uh, uh, the summers, you know, I, I, I got very close to my dad. We all did. Uh, my brother Steve and I were the two that were uh, sent to the boarding school. And I thought of the verse, 
the fa- uh, he is our fa- the Lord, our Father, is the Father to the fatherless. When we feel fatherless, it's incredible how he makes up for lost time, for whatever we need. And, uh, but I will uh, say now about my dad. Uh, my mom didn't like to swim very much. She was from Iowa and had a bad experience with that. But he taught her how to swim. He taught us all to swim. He taught us how to play tennis, how to sail, um, how to have fun in life. But I think the most important is that he chose the narrow way. I remember Dad saying that he helped his mom wash dishes, (laughs) a simple little thing like that. And I think that helped him to just keep choosing. Uh, Like when he was supposed to uh, join, he wanted to join the Army. They said, well, you play the clarinet. You could play in the... Uh, the band. Nope, nope, he wanted to be with his, with his comrades. And go the hard way. So he did that going back to Japan as a missionary and, uh, and, and in sports and music. He taught us discipline and hard work paid. So thank you, Dad, if you're listening. <laughs> and thank you for the example and um, yeah. I want to thank you too, Mom, because you were his wife. Thank you, honey. Who else? Somebody else want to? Anybody else want to? Okay. I'm going to send you this today. Eight ways to be a better dad. And uh, I'll just read one one of them. Under uh, number three, understand vulnerability. It's good for a dad at some point to show weakness. And I did this as a father after Andrew showed weakness. I think I told you this once, that he sent out an email to his sibling some years ago and said, I'm sorry that sometimes I'm not listening to you well, and I'm not grace-oriented like I want to be. And I ask you to forgive me. He said that to all his siblings, and it really touched me that he would do that. Two weeks later, Gabriel sent an email out. And he said, thank you, Andrew. I, too, want to ask. See, Andrew provided the atmosphere of vulnerability, of grace, that led Gabriel to. I guarantee you Gabriel would have done that had not Andrew done it first. So then Gabriel did it, and that provided an atmosphere, and several weeks later, I met with the kids, and I said, I want you to help me by telling me where I failed you as a father. And you would have thought they would have waited five seconds before they uh, (laughs) stepped in, but uh, they jumped right in, and it was a long session. It changed our house. It changed the way we did life, so um, that's just... Pardon? Were you going to tell the story? What I just that? did. No. What's wrong with you? Yeah, what, what was wrong? Oh, <laughs> there are too many things. To, I, I, I don't have time. Come on, you have to tell the hugging story. The hugging. They said, we are not a hugging family. And I wanted to say, we're not a what? <laughs> because I'm a hugger. And they said, you hug them more than you hug us. And I said, I didn't know that. 
And so I made sure that I changed that one real quick because my dad did the same thing. Isn't that interesting? I saw my dad hugging everybody. You know, he hugged me, but not as much as he hugged them. And so I did the same thing. So that got uh, corrected. So I'll, I'll send that out. Um, so now I want to talk about the best father ever. The most important thing about you, says Andrew Murray, is your picture of God. Think about that. You think he's right? The most important thing about you is your picture of God. Was he right in saying that? Because if you have a picture of God that doesn't conform to reality, you won't receive from God what you think you ought to be receiving. If you think God is a grouch, for instance, or if you think God is, is holding back from you, and can that happen? Yes. I'm going to give you three, three areas which shows that perception is reality. Now, when I say perception is reality, what do I mean by that? I mean that what you see is what you get. Not what God is is what you get. What you see God is is what you get. Because if you see him, remember the story of the three investors. Two of them went out, invested. They came back, and they said, we did it. And the guy said, wow, way to go. You really did good. Come on in. Let's have a party. Now, would you call that boss, uh, from what you just saw, a good boss? Yeah. I'd say he was really a kind. Same thing happened to the second guy. He invested two, two talents, and he came back, and he said, I, I did it. I, I invested. He said, good going. Let's have a party. Come on. Let, let's celebrate. The third one, what did he do? He buried it. <laughs> yeah. This is what he said. I knew that you are a hard man. That was his picture. And it was, it was like the picture he had of God. I knew you are a hard man. That affected how he, what he did, which is nothing. So his perception was his reality. And it didn't, it didn't go good for him. So if there are three ways that I can see that you can have a skewed picture of God, one is if you step out into the world like Demas did, how could he? He's traveling with Paul. I can kind of get it. If I'm traveling with Paul, I'm going to get beat up when he gets beat up. And that must have been hard travel with Paul. Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. So he stepped out. So he, he had a skewed picture of God. I can have more fun here doing this than I can with God. Very, very sad. The second is the impact of parents. If you have a parent who's always aiming to punish, and there are some like that, that that's, that's central for them, punishing their kids, that 
you're going to get a God who is punitive, who wants to get after you. If that's your picture of your father, it's going to be your picture of God, and he's going to be like that. Your experience in your family will, will give you a perception of your father, and that happens all, all the time, that, that kids, because of uh, having a bad childhood, they're still struggling. I deal with them every week. They're still struggling to connect with a God who is distant or who's not interested in them or who hasn't uh, taken concern. The third is if we let Satan tamper with our picture. He did it with Adam and Eve, right? And they started questioning, well, God is kind of controlling, kind of manipulative. Uh, Did God really say? Well, yeah, we can't, we can eat of all this, but we can't eat of this tree. And Eve added, we can't even touch it. God didn't say that. But see, she's getting, oh, he's sure particular. We can't even touch the stuff. She got a bad outlook, and Satan knew he had her. You shall surely not die. And so it's changed the picture of God. So I'm asking you, what's your picture? What's he like? And I'm going I'm to tell you from Scripture what Jesus said about his father through the prodigal son. If you've got your Bible, open up to Luke chapter 15. And we're going to look at the story of the prodigal son. I'm going to say six things about the father. And you know the story. The first thing about the father is that the father is not controlling. Say it with me. The father is not controlling. So you got a son who is saying, hey, I want my inheritance. I'm out of here. Some fathers might say, you're not going to get it. No, you're, you're not out of here. You're staying right here. But I remember as a young man when I was going to take a step out, I just thought about it. I, wasn't, uh, I didn't know if I was going to do it, but I just wondered about what would it be like to take a step in the other direction. And I felt like God said, like this, Okay. Like he's going to step back and say, okay, if that's the way you're going to go. Listen to me. God is the most uncontrolling person in the universe. The most. He's less controlling than I am. Jesus, when people started leaving, what did he say to his disciples? He asked them a question. Are you going to go? That's how controlling Jesus was. Are you going to go too? He didn't try to control them. He didn't try to keep them. It was his love that grabbed onto them and his love that kept them. It wasn't anything that he had, any force, any measure that he took. God is the most uncontrolling person in the universe. He's so secure that he influences with love. That's really wonderful to know. Here's this father. The son says, I'm out of here. And this father steps back. Doesn't, doesn't try to hold him in. Insecurity breeds control. 
if you are a controlling person, it doesn't happen out of your strength, it happens out of your weakness. If I'm a controlling person with my kids, it's because I'm, I'm insecure in my fathering, and so I have to attach certain measures. Now, of course we have we attach measures. We have discipline. Those are part of it. But control, no. I can't control. I can influence. Adam, remember he was asked to name the animals? And it says in chapter 2, whatever he named them, that was their name. <laughs> in other words, God didn't say, that's not an armadillo? Are you serious? <laughs> really? <laughs> you know, do we have to do that the rest of our life? Name that thing? God let that happen. He lets us do what we're doing. He lets us parent. That's pretty amazing that he gives us a task that is life-shaping, and he entrusts us with things. He influences with love. I'm, I'm grateful that the father is as uncontrolling as he is. Second thing, the father is full of compassion. I want to say a word. I love words. Cum pathos. With, the word pathos means suffering. Pathology is the logia, the study of suffering, sickness, pathology. Pathos is suffering. Compassion means it's with suffering. Love comes with suffering. God is full of compassion. He's full of suffering. Where do we see it clearly? In the cross. We needed to do it, and Jesus stepped in and did it. He was full of suffering. He was a man of pathos. He was a man of sorrows, and he was acquainted with grief. You would have thought that if the king comes down, he can bypass, he can, he can uh, test out, but he didn't. He got it worse than the rest of us, far worse, and he went to the cross. So God is full of compassion, so full of compassion that when the son decides, I was an idiot, what am I doing out here? I, I, I had it good at home, and so he starts home. And some dads might say, I'm going to wait till he gets here. I'm not going to go out. I'm not going to meet him along the way. Not this dad. It says, while he was still a great way off, here comes dad. He is so happy that his son is turning, and he wants to go meet him, full of compassion. We worship a God who suffers for us. I watched my mom once when my sister Esther was in college and going through some difficult times. I exhorted her. My mom just suffered for her. You exhorted her your sister. I exhorted her. It was easy to exhort. It was more difficult just to suffer with her. 
And I know that my mom influenced her far more than I did because she, she accepted the task to suffer. The Father is full of pathos, full of compassion. Third, the Father forgives effortlessly. Remember when Peter asked a question of Jesus? He wanted to know, okay, this guy is bugging me. He's bugging the daylights out of me. And uh, how many times? I've already forgiven him twice. And uh, next time I'm going to hit him. And Peter stretches it out and says, up to seven times? And he thought Jesus was oh, no, not that much. Of course not. What did Jesus say? <laughs> it shocked him. He wasn't ready for that. He wanted to hit the guy. They were on number six, and, and, and he, was, he was ready to give it to him. And Jesus said, I don't say seven, to, but seven times 70. That's a lot of forgiving. Well, how many times has God forgiven you, Nate? How many times, John? How many times, Ruth? How many times has God forgiven you? Not 70 times 7. 7,000 times 7,000. He's so forgiving. He doesn't say, if you do that again, <laughs> like I probably said with my kids once or twice, if you do that again, so help me. Oh, my, we're so patient. <laughs> no. Okay, good. <laughs> he, he's so forgiving. If we confess our sins, what is he? He is faithful and just to forgive us. Not only to forgive us, but if we confess, he, cl he cleanses the whole thing. To cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So here's this idiot who comes back, and he's starting into his confession. Father, I've sinned against heaven, and in your sight, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. The father breaks in. I've heard enough. Let's have the party. He, he knew where his heart was, and he said, let's get on with business. He's so forgiving. He's so kind. The Father does not hold things against you. He forgets them. And as he, he literally forgets them, he takes them as far as, how far is the east from the west? How, 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 can, how do we compute that? Is that infinity? As far as east, you got arrows going both directions. That's infinity. He, he removes them as far as the east is from the the West. I felt that with my dad. And, you know, as I say this, I understand that some of you can have wounds from a father who wasn't like my father. And I almost hesitate to give illustrations because I don't want to rub it in to you. And I'm sad for you. I'm just hoping that you can give, pass on to your kids what God teaches you. My father was very forgiving. I as a young man, I tried to run his church because I went to Campus Crusade. I knew things that he didn't know because he'd only been to seminary for four years. And 
I, uh, I thought I could teach him some things because I took a summer and I was, I was a Campus Crusader, so I, I could tell him. So I taught him some things and showed him some things. That, uh, and then 20 years later, I realized how stupid I was. I went back to him. I said, I am really sorry that I thought I knew more than you. He was a champion of a pastor. I mean, he, it, they asked him to come out of retirement at age 75 to plant a church because he had done it successfully in Costa Mesa and planted a church that grew to 1,000. And, and so they saw his giftings. And here I am <laughs> in college telling him more about ministry. And uh, he, he made me feel like I'd never even done it, said anything. Of course I forgive you. And never brought it up again. It just pushed it away like God would push it away. It's a done deal. Done deal. We, w we won't let that affect our time together, our relationship. So I want to know, are you, a are you a good forgiver? Do you have a good forgiver? Do you have a good forgiver? Is it easy for you to forgive? Because if it is, you'll be like God. God's an, it's easy for God to forgive us when we mess up as kids. So my hope is for you that you've got this down, that when your kids say, oh, I blew it again, that you can just, done deal. Thanks for bringing it up, done deal. And if they don't bring it up, you still forgive them. Because that's what we do. When that guy borrowed money from me, uh, probably a year ago now. I didn't know that he had no intention of giving him back. I, I loaned him three, 300 and he had no intention of giving him back. So I went and talked to him between 10 and 15 times. And uh, the, the last time I talked to him, he said, oh, I put it on the porch. Of course you did, you know, of course. That makes sense, Good makes good sense. $300 on cash, put it on the porch, okay. So he had no intention of getting back. Then I read in Luke 6 that lend without expecting him back and you will be repaid by the Most High who is kind to the, uh, to the he is kind to the two kinds of people who aren't good, to, to uh, whatever it is. And I said, okay, that's a done deal. You're gonna pay him back, that's fine with me. I'll take, I'll take your payment back because I'm not gonna get it from Mark and you're, you're, you'll pay back more than what he ever took. So I hope that you're good at forgiving. I hope that you don't hold on because of something in your heart that you're still holding on to that makes it hard for you to say, yes, of course, and that you rejoice in forgiving, that don't hold anything back, just forgive effortlessly. God is rich in mercy. He's rich. He doesn't have just a little bit to give out to a couple of us, and then by the end of the day, he's, he's out of mercy because he's had several people come to him. He's rich in mercy. Don't you want to be rich in mercy with your kids, with your people that you work with, with people that bug you? I want to be rich like my father. So we said the father is not controlling. The father is full of compassion. The father forgives effortlessly forth. The father is generous. He is extravagant in his generosity. So the son has confessed, and now he doesn't have any good clothes on. So what does the father say? Well, we've got 
we've got our wardrobes here. I'm sure we can find something. I, I don't know if anything will fit. But listen to what he says. Bring the the best. Does he deserve the best? He deserves the worst. But what does the father do? Because he's so generous. Sometimes he's generous in people that we don't want him to be generous with. Have you ever had that experience? I don't know if God, you should be generous to that person. But God loves to be generous. He loves to pour it out. And so he is generous now with this guy who didn't deserve generosity, but because the father wants to pour it on to show him just how much it sticks in that guy. He, he, the repentance gets deeper and deeper as the father's love gets poured on him. So he is, he is learning. Fear not, little flock. It's the father's good pleasure Oh, really? He just wants to give us the farm. He wants to give it, give it all to us. He wants to give you a lot more than you've gotten so far. And he wants you to get used to be on the receiving end. I, I promise you that's true. He wants you to open up your heart more so you can receive more of what the Father wants to give you, including financial blessing. I am very grateful to Lydia House. I'm very grateful because I've been getting a salary from Lydia House since 2010 or 11. I'm very thankful for that. And I'm thankful that God has poured it on. I tell my kids, you give and it shall be given to you. Now listen to, the, listen to the return part. Give and it shall be given to you. What does it say? Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Shall be poured into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. So God won't be a debtor to anybody. If you give, he's going to give back and then some. He's going to pour it out way beyond. And so I tell my kids, and I, I, we talk about finances a lot because Jesus talked about it a lot because it says something about where your heart is. Not that I think about it a lot, but I, I, I share with, a lot with them so that they know where I'm at and they understand because they, they said it in the text that they sent me. You watch God pour it out on you. You just watch how he gives, how generous he is with finances. Give and it shall be given. That was, that was a financial context. So every good and perfect gift, perfect, comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation nor shadow due to change. Every good and perfect gift. God's a giver. God's a, a generous giver. God just, God loves to pour it out. I'm, I had breakfast recently with a guy, 
and uh, got out his checkbook, wrote a check for $1,000, and handed it to me. Said, this is for your ministry for Lydia House. Said, thanks. Breakfast cost us about 15 bucks. And then I went home with $1,000 to put in the offering. God's going to bless him. God's going to give it back and then some. I know he is. That's why he gave it, because he just loves being generous. That isn't, the, that isn't the first time. So, I know how generous you are. I know it. I've seen it. And I bless you for that because you have chosen. And I, I, I know some of you as well. I know something of your generosity. I bless you for generosity because it's a picture of how God is. God is extravagantly generous. And if we want to be like God, that's w just one of the areas that we can excel is in generosity. Two more. The Father loves to celebrate us. Now think about that. He really loves to celebrate. Karen, do you like celebrating your kids? Yes. Do you like celebrating your grandkids? Off the charts, yeah. Uh, parents, Isaiah, do you, do you love celebrating your kids? You got a you got a cutie there, man. You got a cutie. You, do you love s s celebrating? That's like God. He loves celebrating his kids. He celebrates me today. That makes me happy. He celebrates. So this guy comes back. Now he's wearing fancy clothes. He wasn't coming back with clothes. I mean, he was half naked by the time he got home. And now he's got really neat clothes on. And now the party begins. And the elder brother is stinking mad because he doesn't deserve it. But the father is just having a good time. It's a good day to be with dad. Come. When those two servants came back, both times the guy said, let's have a party. Let's just, let's celebrate. Can you picture this? A party that never ends. That's heaven. That's heaven. Will there be assignments? I hope so. I, I think there will be. That some will have authority, it says. They'll have authority in the new earth over so much for what they've done here. So it sounds like we'll have assignments, but nonstop joy. It's hard to put that together. It's hard to compute that. It's going to be like that, but because you are blessed of the Father, come, you blessed my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared to you from the foundation of the world. Why? Well, people were hungry. You gave them something. 
people were needy, you, you, you took care of them. You know, you, you did major things, major, major, like give somebody a meal once in a month. And he doesn't, he doesn't miss anything. And so he says, come on in, let's celebrate. And so we have a nonstop celebration. That's what heaven is. I'm looking forward to it. It's hard down here. Life is hard. So heaven will be a, a good end beginning to infinity. Last, the Father wants children, not servants. He has servants, and they're good at it. They're really good at it. What do they call them? Do they call them Father? No. No. I don't know what they call them. What? Yeah. Yeah. They're angels who do his work for him, and they're really good at it. They're really fast. They're really powerful. One could take out the Marines. One alone could take out the Marines. Right, Steve? Uh, that, yeah, it, one angel can do it. And so it's... <laughs> that'd be a real... Yeah. <laughs> So, but God wants, they don't call God Father. We, when we get to heaven, we will say Father. That's what Jesus taught us to say now. Our Father. Say it. Father. Father. We've got a Father, and we have one for all eternity. We're in the family. Boy, I, I, I loved my dad. I loved what he gave to me. I called him my Father. He was my Father. Loved seeing him at the games. He, I'd see him there. He came to all the home basketball games and some of the away games. And I, I loved looking up and seeing him. And I'm sad for professional athletes who are still looking up at the stands and hoping that Father shows up because they have a wounded heart because they're severed from their father. And they're, they're longing to have somebody they can call dad and love, love it. I'm thankful that God allowed me to have that. And I have a Father in heaven that I call Father. And I'm, I'm really thankful for that. So, Father, we're grateful for what you're like. On this Father's Day, I thank you for my dad, Karen. I thank you for Karen's dad. I thank you for dads here. And I thank you for allowing us to be in your family and to call you Father and to experience all the joys of being in your family. Thank you, Jesus, for making it possible, for taking what we deserved so that we could enter into the kingdom. So we rejoice today. We give thanks for what you have allowed us to be and to be in your family. We bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen. So... Anybody want to share 
Uh, yeah, uh, grab it. Thank you. Well, I want to thank uh, Paul. I consider Paul my main mentor in life, and he didn't have even a choice about it. I just made him my mentor, but he's just been a father to so many, and thank you. I mean, all your I love all your kids, but you brought up Andrew a couple times. He is, he is just awesome, and, you know, and you, you just have the greatest kids, and um, I think he's all, maybe a, so much like you, and maybe that's, I don't know, but I just wanted to encourage all the fathers in here that um, because there are so many young people without fathers, and then even some that had fathers didn't have a good connection with father and then we all know how that ties in your mind like you said how you view God I just want to encourage every father here when you see young people around and I young I mean like even like you know uh, to us everybody's young right and uh, but you, you I have never had one person reject when you kind of act like a father to them and you talk to them and you say something you say and you just say Hey, do you mind if I uh, just talk to you like like your old man or something? Uh, you know, and I have never once had one person say, "No, no, don't, no, don't get in my face. I don't want your opinion." They love to be fathered in any way, even if it's a pat on the back or way to go. And and when you see young fathers and parents out there, and if you can encourage them. Um, and just spot them and go, hey, I see what you're doing. You know, like we saw, we were at the back to the 50s, and these fathers would bring their kids and would just encourage them. And and uh, one practical thing that if you see a, a guy with his kid doing anything, fun, you know, walk and play and whatever, I, I always stop him and I say, even if it's in the grocery store, I see one when, you know, they're having fun on the cart or whatever, I say, excuse me, do you got, you got your cell phone on you? You go, yeah. I go, can I take a picture of you guys? And then I take a couple pictures of them, and then I tell them, then I hand it back to them, and I say, go to Office Depot, they'll make you a, they'll blow this up for you for a dollar, then you go to the dollar store, and you, and you get a, a frame for a dollar, and get a couple for the in-law, you know, for your mom, your parents. And they just absolutely love it. But it's it'll it'll spot that memory, uh, a snapshot in time of them with their kids. And we all, wouldn't we all give anything to have our kids back? I mean, little, I mean, the picture. And, and Andrew, your dad, you were voice for your dad today. Yeah. We're back here and going, man, his voice keeps dropping every week. You sound more like your dad every week. And anyway. Good, good, good. Yeah, yeah. Keep it going. Who else wants to share? Andrew was with me yesterday at this thing, and uh, we had father and then son, so uh, he would weigh in on questions, and he, of the three sons, he's, he's uh, most like me in terms of uh, facial look and a few other things. Height, yeah. and Naomi, yes, you're, you're the giftedest. Anybody else? 
we'll do the benediction soon if anybody wants to share. He's got he's got a few kids. Any amen you want to say, Chris? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I uh, I was thinking of my father. I'll be seeing him tomorrow, uh, Lord willing. And uh, so, yeah, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for God working in his life now, even though he's kind of been pushing back. Uh, I bet I've seen the Lord answer some prayers, um, and um, so I'm grateful for that. And I'm I'm sure something's going to happen this week. So if we could pray while I go, that would be a great thing. There's something about people who grow up in a real religious tradition, especially when they had a, 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 their perspective of God may come from a parent that had some real problems. So, you know, if that, those veils could come off. And, and we're still, you know, I still have to deal with some of those things, the controlling aspect, you know, that uh, I'm still have finding some healing on. But basically, I'm very grateful to the Lord because, you know, when you have a big family, it's very hard to, um, to manage like it would be if you have a couple kids. But the hand of ki- the Lord's hand of kindness has is, is been on my kids, and with all of our imperfections, I could see it. And they're, they're shakers and movers and influencing people. And, you got and, wonderful Yeah, kids. so I'm grateful. I'm grateful. He, he's been a very good father, the Lord. Yeah, yeah. What's your dad's name? My, my dad's name is uh, Gus, or Constantine. Yeah, Gus, yeah. Yeah. Gus, yeah, you could just say yeah, get, get, get in the mic. Dear Heavenly Father, uh, Chris has been so faithful to his to his dad, and how awesome this, it's kind of the role reversal in that um, we always think that our fathers are going to lead the sons to the to the Lord, and, and Chris has taken up that mantle and turning it around and throwing it back on the old man and getting him uh, saved. And it's so wonderful, uh, to his father, I mean, and though it's so wonderful, Lord, that he'll travel all the way to California or anywhere he's got to go. He goes to Greece, he goes all over the country, and he'll do whatever it takes, and he's always witnessing to people, but his heart remains so strong for his father. Lord, you got to reward that, man. Come on, you got to reward that. And a guy that loves his father, and Jesus, you know, look at that. I mean, this is you right there, loving his father. And so uh, we're calling on all three of you, Holy Spirit, to pour it down on his family and and reward them and show us what a great, generous God like Pastor Paul is talking about. Yeah, make make it true and and come through for him. And we'll have a, we'll look for that good report here in upcoming months. Mm. In Jesus name. uh, Amen. Amen. Okay, I'm going to close it down. Uh, I'll tell you one crazy story. I was over at Steve's house, Steve Gausted. He and Rye are those who steward this property. And uh, last Saturday, I was over there for a graduation of their son, and they were getting a lot of young people coming over. And Steve came to me and said, Here, pray for this guy. He's been in all kinds of difficulty. He's brilliant. He's an outstanding athlete. And he has been in terrible situations with guns, with robbery. And uh, he needs the Lord. 
And so I met him, and I said, hi, Mitch, I want to pray for you. And he bowed his head, and I prayed a very strong prayer, uh, and, and then uh, said amen, and uh, he left. He ran up to Rye, and he said, he prayed for me. He was very excited. He prayed for me, and we're going to get together. But the sad thing is, that he's 77. He'll be, he'll be gone in a couple years. <laughs> and so uh, I said, uh, Mitch, before I go, I just want to challenge you to, to push-ups or a plank or, um, or sit-ups. And uh, he's going to find out that the old man is still, I, I may have only two years left, but, it, but in those two years, I, can, I might be able to beat him. And then his friend came. His, his, uh, his friend is tall, African-American, with, with beautiful locks, and really easy to talk to. And I said, you played basketball, huh? You, he's, you play basketball. I said, I played basketball. So we talked basketball, and I said, I want to pray for you. He put his head against mine, and he put his hand. He was very tender. His name is Elijah, and I told him what it meant. I told him what it could mean in his life, and he just received it all, just took it all in, just breathing it in. And so when I called Mitch, I said, make sure Elijah comes. We were to meet tonight at 6. They were going to be there with their friends. And we decided because of Father's Day that we'd pick another day. But I'm going to pray because I told Steve, I think you're going to start a church. Because there were so many kids that came. I mean, about 100 came by the evening time. That, that they have a place that can really minister to young people. So, Father, we pray for Mitch. We pray for Elijah, and we pray for those that they bring. We pray that they would excel in what you give them to excel in, in sports, in uh, not only in athletics, but in their classes, but also that they would come to know the greatness of your love and be able to share that with their friends. And so I look forward to sharing this story here in a couple weeks of what you're doing in Mitch's life in Elijah's life, and in many young people's lives. I say the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his peace in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.